Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello everyone, it is Tom here. Exciting news. If you didn't know, our live show at the Clapham Grand is less than one week away. And we have all in the last seven, eight weeks been watching Joe absolutely smash it at the Rugby World Cup. So why not come and see him in person on Wednesday, the 1st of November? We're also actually going to be joined by two very special guests, including comedian Joe Wilkinson from the Chatterbix podcast. So to come and watch the Joe Marler show live at the Cheerful Earful Festival next week, go and click on the link in the episode description to get tickets while there are still some left. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Super Super Jack Hussy. To be more like Jack, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Joe Marler is a big hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is Tom Fordyce. Great to see you, Joe. Oh, yeah. Great opener. Cereal. Favorite cereal. Go. Ooh. You're great. That's I why... used to love a Frosty as a kid. Yeah. Too sugary now. Really? Yeah, that's why you love as a kid, isn't it? Cocoa Pops or Frosty? Frosties. Yeah, but you don't get chocolate milk. Mm, that's a good point, but I just found a more... I used to... Oh, oh fuck. Oh, I haven't had Frosties in years. You wouldn't get chocolate milk, but the milk you would get was like condensed milk, wouldn't mm, it? It's just so sugar. sweet and thingy off the end of it. Oh, what other cereal? You you must have grow, grown up on like gruel. gruel. <laughs> <laughs> if you do Weetabix, do you have, do you ever get the right amount of milk first time? Yes. Do you? Yes. What is the right amount of milk for you? Do you want do you want the milk level overlapping the top of the highest Weetabix? No, I do it slowly. 
so that it absorbs as it's going in. Like almost if you're making a coffee with one of those filter ones, like our yeah, friend like, from Pat yeah, Coffee like Shows. Like a, like a, like a small pour on it and I wait for it to soak in a bit and then if it gets too swollen, I wait for it to soak in a little bit more and then a little bit more, a little bit more, put it on and then just below... The two Weetabix, it's two for the kids that are I they, do. Are they stacked or are they sideways? Side, like one on... Like suitcases in a... One on the other. No, not suitcases, not one on top of the other, like at an angle. Like if oh. you were putting... So you're using sliders of bowl. toast. So it's almost diagonal. Diagonal, mm. at an angle, just below the two pieces. So about That's nice. three centimetres below. And then they always have honey yeah. squidged on top. Do you find with that technique where the, the two Weetabix are slightly diagonal, that when you're pouring, the top Weetabix, if the one which has more of its top surface exposed to the milk, just naturally takes more of the milk? Do you have mm. to rotate the bowl? I don't rotate the bowl, Tom. I just say, there's your breakfast. Eat it. Eat your breakfast. I've put enough effort into it now, I can't do the thing, and if there's any complaints, I can't hear them because I've gone outside and shut the doors. How many dry Weetabix could you eat without any liquid? You're not allowed a glass of milk, you're not allowed a glass of water. You've just got For up, what time period? Five minutes. You've just got up in the morning, so you've got a raging thirst. You're not allowed a coffee, you're not allowed a fruit juice. You've literally, you've gone to the... Why am I being punished? What, what the fuck you have know, I done to be punished like I think this? you're quite aware of what. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrific. How many? One. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone could get past two. I mean, it's so dry... You've seen the amount of milk that it can absorb. How much gruel could you eat in one sitting? I always used to go back and ask for more, but they never let me, Joe. All right, Oliver. <laughs> I like the way you've said that, as if that wasn't the very obvious cultural <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was making... I know. Let's get a guest on, Joe. Only if they can eat three dry Weetabix. Oh, Otherwise, they're not fucking coming on. That'll sort the Weetabix and the chaff, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Our guest today is Emma O'Reilly, and she is a masseuse. Hello, Emma. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good. Sorry I had to cover Good. my eyes. And it's all right. Obviously, it's my presence. My <laughs> yes, glowing it is. Presence. It's your glowing Sorry. presence. <laughs> and also that eight-foot lamp that's behind your head that's directly <laughs> in my eyes, but also because I get really nervous reading off a sheet. Um, I don't have to get Tom to say hello to you, do I? Do you so two Joe, know each other? this is another episode where I know the guest... When did I meet you, Emma? About four or five years ago? Must be, at least, yeah. yeah. So you know, Joe, how I still managed to move with remarkable grace for a man of my age? Haven't seen it, but I All take down your word to Emma. for it. But hang on, haven't you got that sciatica issue in your wow. back? And that's down to Emma. <laughs> Emma, no. Emma fought the sciatica magnificently. And Tom does a lot of work himself in between, you know. He's taken ownership of it. I like how the ownership was put in rabbit marks. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you haven't? No, he has. I think I have, Emma. I think you have, yeah. I mean, look, I'm sitting here, Joe, without being in pain. Yeah. Whereas you're sitting there I in wish some pain. That <laughs> <laughs> was the same with me. Um, right, we've had an osteopath on the pod before. Yeah. What's the difference between a masseuse and an osteopath? The osteopaths, they kind of more manipulate your spine. But massage is just about the muscles. All the about much, muscles. All about muscles. And all about massaging them. And all about massaging them, manipulating them and mobilising them and getting the blood flow going. And fundamentally, massage is all about getting the blood flow. And how long have you been a masseuse? Oof, way too long. I started as a hobby when I was about 19, 20. And I'm... <clears throat> 
Oh, sorry. Considerably <laughs> I thought you said in 1920. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Britain's idiot. Fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, considerably older now. And you've been I've rubbing been doing ever it. since? I literally have. Rubbing legs ever since. Specifically, what type of massage are you expert in? All sorts? Or? The thing is, it's all fun. I and some... People will disagree with me, but fundamentally, most massage starts with Swedish massage. And Swedish massage is the one kind of massage you'll all get. And fundamentally, that's the type of massage Tom gets, because they're all the same strokes. But say with sports massage, then you get a little bit more specific. So Swedish massagers you kind of spend 10 minutes on the back of the leg, 10 minutes on the front of the leg, 20 minutes. On the, it, it's all quite why, prescriptive. I hate to ask the obvious, but why is it called Swedish? Do you know, I don't know. It Was must it have started there, but yes, it's massages older. Oh. than kind of Sweden probably is, if you know what I mean. But it must, they, maybe they started getting a bit more, here's what we do, here's the way to do it. Okay. So it's become quite prescriptive and it has kind of strokes in a particular order and stuff like that. So that's Swedish massage. So sports massage is still just a continuation of that, you know, but then with sports massage, you're getting a bit more specific. And Swedish massage is a bit more gentle. Sports massage in theory, with sports massage, you're meant to keep people just on the kind of point of pain, but before they get into pain, just on that sweet spot kind of thing. That's what I have to explain to my wife when she goes, oh, you always get massages at work. Like, look how nice it is for you. To, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I get a sport massage at work, and that is very different to the hot stones and... You know, she's imagining little candles on the go, whale music, and the aromatherapy oils and stuff like that. No, I'm getting elbows and fucking thumb knuckles put in my spine, and it's not pleasant, but it is pleasant. Do you know how you just described it? It's on the cusp of pain. Yeah, I always say like massage. The big difference between sports massage and say Swedish massage or hostile massage, whatever. You don't get style. Heads of hot stone. Oh, hot stone. Sorry. <laughs> Which can be hostile. Yeah, okay. Could be, yeah. <laughs> but um, I would say the big difference is you get the benefit of, say, the hot stone massage or your aromatherapy massage. And again, people would disagree with me, but you get, I always say you get the benefit while you're getting the treatment. Whereas with the sports massage, you kind of get the benefit after you've left the building. Does that make sense? You don't enjoy it while you're getting it and you kind of get up and go, okay, yeah, that was nice. But then when you go... Afterwards, then you start feeling better. I think, Emma, it's a bit like when you've had a really bad hangover and then only when the hangover goes do you truly appreciate how bad the hangover was. Mm, Afterwards, you're like, how the fuck was I operating like that before? Do you know what I mean, Joe? You get a really good massage, you're like, oh, yeah, that's so. That's, yeah. how, meant to, that's how everything's meant to move. Yeah, you don't mm. free up until like an hour or so after and all evening you're then, oh, my God, this is so much better. But then you have to start it all over again the following day. How many, if you had the choice, how many days a week would you get a massage? Uh, if I could, sport massage. Your choice. Oh, okay, well, I'd do alternate days, actually. I'd do Monday, sport massage, go hard. Tuesday, a bit of aromatherapy, maybe some feet, just chill. It's essential oils, hydrate the skin again. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, go hard again. Might have some needles oh. in the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Try and all that old Chinese medicine. And then Thursday, might make my way to um, a certain shop in Richmond uh, for a massage there. It's um, amazing how many people have heard about that shop in Richmond. I've heard about that shop in Richmond really? for quite a few different people, yeah. The Chinese, mm. yeah. It's obviously very good at what they do. They're excellent. They're really, yeah. really wonderful. It's all, 
again, I always find that it's fine at the start and enjoyable during it, but then at the end it's when I'm happiest. <laughs> ah, that's a nice way to go about it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So Emma, let's talk techniques because there is the obvious hands technique. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got various gadgets at your clinic. And sometimes yeah. when you're using them, I've got no idea because I'm face down and I can't see oh, them. Yeah. If I had eyes in the back of my head, yeah. what's the what's the one which is like a rubber sucker? Yeah, that that's probably the one I use the most. It's it's a cup like that cupping. Don't you the, when you see the cupping, the and you see one. all mm-hmm. the marks and all the thing. Isn't this quite controversial though? I cupping is yeah, I kind frowned of, upon. Is it in certain? It's uh, certain. I'm yet to be convinced of its benefits, Jim. I don't see how bruising people is a benefit, Yeah, you know what I mean? Because again, it goes back to that. You don't want to put your system into too much of an overdrive, but you want to put your system that it's knows something's happened. But I'll use the cup because I have like a plastic one. It's almost like a plungery kind of thing that it's, it's rubber but plastic. And I can use it for a fascia because mm-hmm. all our muscles are all surrounded by a fascia. And the muscles are quite pliable once you get them warmed up, you can, which is why you can break down scar tissue and all of that kind of stuff. But the fascia isn't, as elastic as a muscle. And I find the cup really good. I've noticeably different when uh, I use the cup. But some people actually, funny enough, don't like the cup. That is that is my go-to. You love my the favorite. cup? Oil up the back. Yeah. Get the cups and you're rubbing them. Not yeah. rubbing them, you're pulling the fascia yeah, apart you pull, as you're going up yeah. and down. It's nice and, yeah. and taut it's, with it all. Mm-hmm. And then they... Suction, yeah. Come straight yeah. off, and then they get into it with their thumbs yeah. a bit more, and it just free. You can physically feel it freeing up with it. Oh, I'm getting. So you got the plastic cups, plastic cups, bare hands. What else? I sometimes use. It's like a thumb thing. It's like a plastic thumb, and you can use that. Go and say up your IT band. That can be quite good for stripping that. I'll use. I've used Shockwave in you a couple of times, yeah. which isn't hands at all, but. I find that really good. I and find what that does really that good. shockwave do? It, it's really good on tendons. It's basically just a little, it's kind of clack, 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 Really good on tendons. Um, but what I have found, though, it's really good on um, some scar tissue. So I like it for that. So I'll probably use it quite a bit on the legs. Like not as it's just on sporadic on certain areas or something like that. Um, what else do we use? Any Grastons, like the metal, these like metal things that you oh, stick yeah, into? I'm I've not... seen these like motorbike type things that yeah. people put up and down your back. I'm not a fan no. of them. Well, not up the back because sometimes I've seen, and again, they just beat you up. Too sore. Too sore. And you're kind of causing bruising underneath the skin and stuff. So I'm still to be convinced that that's within like a massage therapist job or a soft tissue specialist job. I'm still to be convinced if that's helpful or not and one of the things I kind of think and maybe I'm really old-fashioned is people forget that it's it is about touch and people who do massage and and soft tissue work and all that well it's about touch fundamentally and that's what people are coming in to you for touch if they don't want touch they can go and I know disrespect to physios but physios will use more machines use more toys and stuff like that massage Mm. is about hands-on and if you kind of come from sports it's amazing how many Sports therapists, like be it even your sports physio, your sports massage, how much time they spend using their hands. Because there's nothing gives you the feedback like your fingers get. Whereas so when you're putting on anything, you're not getting that feedback. So you're kind of taking a step removed. So it's just not the same. This is the amazing thing to me, Joe, about someone like Emma. It's almost like you're a horse whisperer. That you can tell just from the responses that 
a muscle or a tendon or a fascia is giving. You yeah. can really tell what's going on there because yeah. you'll often say you'll you'll be on my legs or something, and you'll say exactly what my leg is telling me. Right. Oh, right. Oh, that's good to know. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but how do you know, like, when they say, oh, you've got a knot in your back or you've got a knot in that muscle? Or you'll often like, say what? something's pushing back at you, won't you? Yeah, you'll feel it. Do you know what I mean? But then you'll feel too, say, if it's tender, if it's not tender. And sometimes too, you, a body comes in and it's just like, it's just like, oh, thanks. And you can just feel the body kind of going, oh, thanks very much. That's lovely. They're usually people who've been in pain for quite a while. And the body is, it's, it, its neurological system is in overdrive because it's managing the pain. And once you t- kind of start t- pulling that pain down, it, it just kind of goes, oh. I think it's an amazing thing, John. Yeah, you connect with that touch. That's yeah. why it makes it even more important, like you said, to not have too many toys. You, yeah, it is important. about Can I just feel. have a look at your hands? Big old shovels. You got, yeah, but I like the look of your hands. Are, <laughs> are they all intact, as in... I am remarkably lucky because they're still working and I have been doing this now for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. But years ago I did it and I would do massage every day but then I'd get, say, a couple of months off. And now since I've had my own practice, I've only ever done it three days a week. And, but I would do long days. I do kind of 12 hour days. So I'd still put in a working week, but my hands would get recovery days. So I've always looked after them in that sense that I've battered them, but they've had recovery time. Now I do less, but I think that's the only reason they're still, there must be something in those genes that the hands are still holding up. Here's something I've wondered, Emma. Why can't you massage yourself like someone else can massage you? It's a bit like tickling, isn't it? You can't tickle yourself. Yeah, well, one kind of a bit just, it's a bit difficult mechanically to get into all the areas you need to get. Two, though, and the real thing is, is like, I can get your system to relax that you might start, say, if you came in and you might kind of go, oh, no, and then I can just all smooth it out. When I say smooth it out, I get it to calm down. And once it's calmed down, it's kind of my puppy then. Do you know what I mean? I can't get my own system to calm down because kind of then I, as soon as I start going in as deep, as say I would need to, then my neurological system is going to start going, oh, we're not doing that, stop, stop, stop. Whereas I can talk to your system better than I'm going to talk to mine, I guess. This episode is sponsored by the following lovely people. The groundsman, Terry Cash. Choo-choo. Thomas the Tank, Ellender. Plenty of Nish in the sea. It's Nishant Nereyeth. You can call me Al. Alan. Quickly, Kevin Roberts. The Robert Dale Briggs. Half-pint Julie Lowry. Ryan Youngman. There's no need to fill down. The Baker, Greg Edwards. Ken Meyer, Perry Coulson and Tom Robinson. The Yeastman, Daniel Beers Baker. Please, uh, can I have some more? It's Oliver Bale. And the director, Tom Anderson. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Jamala Show. Become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Have you had any, you must have, in the years that you've been doing it, any awkward interactions with patients? And if 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 that patient is in the room, you can change their name if you like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there must have been times over the years that the classic film moment that you see or the the friends moment where you, you know a fella goes in for a massage and then he he relaxes so hard exactly oh. end the sentence then <laughs> he relaxes so hard do you know what i mean have uh, do you know what and it's probably a bit like you've been asked about Alman jones stuff it's <laughs> A question everybody asks, but I must be an absolute battle axe, either that <laughs> or I'm really unobservant. Right. Because I'm not trying to protect anybody. It's It really hasn't happened. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe it has and I haven't noticed. Or maybe I am just a complete battle axe. But the thing is, that kind of massage is not, it's not a warm, fuzzy massage. Do you know what I mean? So I think that helps. And I've been told I can be quite kind of like black and white, that people are under no... Illusion get on the bed. Comes, yeah, a bit like that. Yeah, know? that's the issue. All right, I saw that. There's no faffing about here. Fucking, just get your head in the hole. <laughs> no, I don't want no small talk. Oh, that's it. Oh, what's, your small, what's your small oh, talk like? What's my small talk like? Maybe you should ask Tom. What's, Emma's, what's Emma's, Emma's small, small talk, talk is like? outstanding. Now, are you, are you a, a big small talker? Or? Oh, I never stop talking. Oh. Well, I let the patient talk. Ah. <laughs> I'm a sharer. Okay. But you're like a double therapist, aren't you? Because you're a massage therapist, but also much like a hairdresser, establishes quite a unique yeah. relationship with the person whose hair they're cutting and yeah. they show a lot of stuff. You hear all sorts, don't you? I do. And I kind of think the difference between me and the hairdresser is that we're in a room. There's just you and me, somebody with not too many clothes on, the door's shut. So it's not like you're sitting in a row with, other people getting your haircut. So sometimes some of the information you get from people. And like sometimes I've walked out of the room going, You need to go see someone. No, not even that. <laughs> I need to see someone. I need therapy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it does create a very... But I think it's a kind of safe, intimate space, if that makes sense. Do you know it's, what I mean? I think you're right, but it is. there is something weird about it. And the whole journey yeah. is a strange thing, isn't it? There's no other circumstance in your life where you put your some of your face through a hole and stare at the floor while someone else is by your ass, and you have great conversations <laughs> with them. Unless... No, you're, you're spot on. I have issues when I'm on a bed and there's no hole. Oh. And we've got a cheap old bed or something. Oh, or we've yeah. We've travelled abroad and we haven't got the right bed. And then you just have to put your head... Squashed you. Squashed. <laughs> it's and not really got, good. And when you've got a big old nose, squashing oh. it down, just you really can't. Get, but also, you don't get it. the same treatment. There's where I've kind of got two things I'm really fussy about: the face hole, and then I have a little lumbar support thing that's like mm. like you would have like so a rolled up towel. No, it doesn't. It actually goes under your feet, under your ankles, so it's lifts you and it oh, okay. evens out your your lumbar back, the lumbar part of your back. 
And I even don't like doing a massage around my lumbar roll. Oof, can't so, be. So because it's all the, about being the straight. Top, the t- your top items that you need to perform your job a body. to the best of the ability. A body. Mm-hmm. Alive? A lumbar roll, ideally, because I'd need something to chat to. <laughs> Fair, okay. <laughs> a lumbar roll. That's the thing that goes That's under your feet. That's the thing that goes under your feet, kind yeah. of under your ankles. And then obviously a face hold, because then you're nice and straight. And it is better because, and I used to teach massage for a bit, and I used to say to the kids, I said, look, at, if if somebody's neck, look at, the, look at the body like a four-story house, and if the basement's damp, there's going to be something going on upstairs. Because if your neck is tight, well, there's a good chance if your hamstrings... If the basement's damp? I, I use that as an example. Well, but that's there's a really something... weird word to use in a... That's, am I damp? <laughs> Immediately, the basement's damp. I interpret that as he's got a soggy arsehole. Joe. Sorry. <laughs> That's just how I've interpreted it. You are in League of Your Honor. In future, I'm going to change that analogy. Okay, sorry. I'm going to say if the basement is flooded. If, the if the basement's <laughs> <laughs> If the cracks in the wall in the basement, it means there's something else going on upstairs. Yeah, it's also yeah. an issue, isn't it, Joe? The cracks, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? So you should look at the body, which... As a whole, and even though that's sometimes people don't kind of, because you'll come in, say, with one injury and you'll go to your massage therapist and physio with one injury. I'll take the lower back, for instance. If the lower back's tight, you always look at the hamstrings. You always, always, always look at the hamstrings. Then once the hamstrings are tight, your calves are going to be tight. And then if your calves are going to be tight, well, your feet are going to be tight. Yeah, is you know, that so true, it's very hard or is that to... just um, oh, that you and your profession and extending the sessions <laughs> to no, make you come back for another no, 90 minutes? I won't do 90 minutes. Oh, What's your time length? Ha, an hour. An hour. Anybody wants 90 minutes, I'm afraid I send them to someone younger. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do definitely, everything does have a knock-on effect. And if you think about it, all the muscles are intertwined. Where one muscle finishes, the other one starts, but they have to kind of meet each other to do that. Well, it's like that song, isn't it? Knee bone connected to the... Thigh bone, isn't it? The milk ad, yeah. Is there a knee bone? Yeah, yeah there is, your patella. There... Yeah, I don't think they use patella, though. The patella bone. Connected, connected to, to the, the femur bone. <laughs> connected to the pelvis. <laughs> How far up the body could you go in that song? Pelvis connected to the coccyx. The coccyx connected to the vertebra. The, is it brae? Vertebrae, yeah, it's a plural, isn't vertebrae, it? Vertebrae. The vertebrae connected to the CR, C5, C6. Connected to the skull. Right to the top. Any gaps there, Emma? No, you kind of collectively. No arms or ribs. Yeah, but you right. collectively put the vertebrae as a one, but then your C one to nine is part of your vertebrae. Oh. So you kind of got your coccyx, which is your last vertebrae, and then you've got your sacral vertebrae, and then you've got your lumbar ones, then you've got your thoracic ones, and then you got your cervical ones. I could just sit here and listen to you say words all day. <laughs> thoracic. <laughs> Do you mean Thoracic Park? <laughs> that was such a shit gag. Okay. I knew you were going to make that joke Thank as well. Thank you. Um, and I'll get you off the hook by asking Emma another question. Emma, I think it often sounds like you're a detective, the way you've just described that when you're trying to hunt down the source of a problem and you're looking for clues, sometimes quite a long way from the crime scene. Yeah, that's exactly, that's a great way of putting it. Because you have to persuade people when they come in and they're kind of going, well, my arm's sore, and you're kind of going, like, that's, yeah, fine. But it's probably coming from your neck, you know what I mean? And kind of then persuade them, go, there go, but no, it's, it's in my elbow. And then you kind of go, well, actually, but because you're doing this, 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 it would suggest, let's just have a look at your neck and then we have a look at your arm, if that's okay. So, yeah, you do have to try to persuade them that 
yeah, the crime scene isn't necessarily where the crime's taken place. Talking of crime scenes, Joe, you referred to uh, people relaxing too hard. When people relax too much too quickly, Emma, sometimes things that they've been holding on to might escape. Is that an issue ever? Again, if it has, I've never noticed. No one's ever farted. Oh, farting. I don't mean shitting themselves. <laughs> Although if they have, tell the story. <laughs> I've had lots of people have to get up and leave to go to the toilet. Do you know what I mean? That's a fairly common How thing. do they flag it? Just a quick arm in the air? A bit of them, I need to go, I need to go. And I'm like, please go, feel free. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but just not here, like obviously go to the toilet. I call the farts the blow-offs. And <laughs> blow-offs? Have, blow-offs. What are you, nine? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... People have, and they've let a couple of silent but deadly ones. Oh, God. Do you address it, or do you just... It would depend on the person. Ah. But the thing is, the ones who probably wouldn't have mentioned it are the ones who'd be a bit embarrassed to mention, so then you'd be embarrassed to tell them. They might be exploiting but, that loophole. No, because if some little old lady... Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? Does the towel, because most people are toweled, aren't they? Mm. Does the towel provide any form of protection? Absolutely, <laughs> and another towel would go... Just, but you just pop another towel on yeah, top. Just going, yeah, just doing double this bag. Yeah, double. Yeah, always double bag. Do you know? But for the most part, I'm lucky. I'm in a nice area where I do, if that makes sense. So people would be mortified, or that they kind of like probably would explain to me first, and so then we could have an adult discussion about it. But I, when I worked with sports in sports, no, I had. Sorry, Joe. I had a rule, a very strict rule. The first of all, they had to get off the table, and then when they it's got fair. off the table, they still stank the room out. Because sports people take lots of protein drinks and it's not great. <laughs> so then the rule was you actually have to leave the room. So they would get off the table, leave the room, do what they needed to do, and then come back <laughs> I in. I love this idea, Joe. Someone else is walking down that corridor. Some bloke in a towel just pops out <laughs> and then just, <laughs> and just shakes out of his leg a little bit. Lifts the towel like and goes back in. We have a similar rule at the club, um, but a past player that shan't be named. Nick Easter. How did you know? <laughs> it's always Nick Easter. <laughs> it is. But he shan't be named. Okay. Uh, just didn't give a shit. And if he was having his back rubbed and he's going. just letting off farts left, right and centre, he'd just lie there going, ah, fucking hell, that feels better. <laughs> shan't be named, but I've just done the exact impression. <laughs> <The English boys. laughs> fucking hell, that's much better. Yeah, nice one. You got that one out for me. So and I guess no what? one would just, everyone would just be like, what the fuck? And the physios are like, oh, God, just have to get on with it. <sighs> but since that person's left, we don't really do I mean, I've, I occasionally go in there, not whilst I'm getting a rubber or anything like that. I'll just go in the corner to fart just to make <laughs> it the awkward yeah. for the, of the physio, just yeah. to make it awkward for everyone in the room yeah. and then leave. It's like shitting in a Pringle pot and yeah, hiding it in a room. Fair enough, yeah. Just, just for a joke, huh? Yeah. No? <laughs> No, it is, because it would make you laugh, do you know what I mean? And at least, yeah, you've just been a naughty boy, do you know what I mean, in a corner and kind of gone, right, lads, who did that? Anyway, what are the most difficult areas to massage for you then? One area I hate doing is the psoas muscle. Don't you know that muscle? It's, it's kind of a hip flexor muscle, so it kind of helps oh, your hip yeah. bend. For, but it's just in underneath your kind of pelvis bones on the front, so you kind of have to, but it feels really awful. To you or to the person who's... To me, because it feels so awful to me, I don't ask them. Why does it feel know? awful? It just, it's, it's kind of... Is that of the one a... where you go into, like, my belly? Yeah, and you have to go oh into your belly and kind God. of in underneath. Like, it isn't pleasant and you don't spend much time. But it's just... You have to breathe through it yeah. whilst they're going into it, mate, and it's like, fuck off, get out of it. I hate it. 
it's horrible. But again, after they've done it and you've got through it, you're like, oh my God, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Or the ribs, the diaphragm or trying Getting to get in between into, yeah. the intercostal. Open up, what yeah. are they called? Intercostals, yeah. Intercostals in the thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is fucking agony because my ribs are all over the But especially shot you then, guys, you're going to be battered, yeah. Yes, yeah. so you're already coming in a bit bruised and battered anyway. But those, so you don't like doing the so what is it? So is so ass. Yeah, I don't like doing that. What about that one that's near the anus? <laughs> like I've had to. Is it the ten? There's the tendon <laughs> that attaches right near your arsehole. Do you, do you know? Two is one of the joys of private practice. That's a joy of private no, practice. No, you get a bit more choice. Oh. So, like, say if someone came in and was just going, oh, I'm just going. This isn't appropriate. I would send them then to one of the other therapists. <laughs> Okay. Sounds like Joe, you're going straight to one of the other therapists. I think I'm being, I think I'm being passed around, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> can't ever get that that one. There has been the moments though, where they've, they've got into my glute, and uh, I've got pants on, obviously, mm. but they've had to go right up to the edge of the top Darkness. of my hamstring mm. and going into it. And when there's a lot of cream and massage Hands oil or the, the beeswax thing, it's come very close. Mm. And you go fucking hell. And there's also one where they, I, I had um, tendon, tendonopathy, no tendonitis or something yeah. in the right up there. Yeah. And they have to get on the edge, and it is literally like someone's thumbing my arsehole. <laughs> and it, yeah, it might as well be. I'm like, the are you in, to the bones? So yeah. It's... I'm like, are you in my arsehole? <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to actually ask that. And they go, no, mate. I was like, it genuinely feels like you're pegging me right now. <laughs> so I just have to confirm with them. But I they're can't. probably thinking, you know what, I would love to peg them at this moment of time with an instrument that's not theirs, just to shut you up. That small comment there, Emma, has revealed to me the answer of a question I was going to ask you earlier of, is there a small part of you that secretly likes causing that edge of pain on patients, you know, there must be some. Part I think there of must you. be because too, there must be something a bit sick because I've done yeah. it for so long and quite enjoyed it. There obviously has been now and then when someone's just gone and you're kind of gone, really, really, ah, and you'll just go, oh God, sorry, I went a bit deep there. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. So there's definitely been a couple of times that oh, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to do go that deep. How do you respond to feedback actually from a patient? Do you say to them, um, let me know if it's too hard or let me know it's too soft, and are most of them willing or, or they do the British thing where they just don't say anything until the end and never come back never, never come, come back, back. Yeah. no most of them are alright most of them are alright the one thing is I'm terrible which is really unprofessional of me I don't ask is that pressure okay I forget to ask that because and it is very unprofessional because in a sense I'm kind of feeling if it feels okay to me it feels so the only time I'll ask it if it, I think it's got a bit too heavy and then I kind of go god is that alright and, and I have gone a bit heavy so then they'll kind of say and that's fine my uh, you've met my I make Martin Massage. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you met him at the Clapham Grand. When you spoke about Emma, though, before the... Mm. You didn't describe her as Massage Emma. No, I don't. Masseuse Emma. No. Emma the Masseuse. No. You literally just said, my friend Emma. Yeah. It's confusing for me. It is confusing, and it's okay. uh, it's an inconsistency so in my Massage approach. So Massage Martin. Martin Massage. Martin Massage, sorry. The reason he's Martin Massage God is because the first time he went in my phone, 
I knew uh, he was yeah. Martin, but I didn't know he was Martin Felix. So what's the easiest way of remembering what someone does? You stick there, yeah. Martin Massage. Well, I knew Emma was Emma O'Reilly. Yeah. Martin Massage, who no longer massages. Right. So Martin Retired Massage. Former Massage. So, Actually, it's massively changed his physique. Like, your forearms, Emma, aren't massive. He used to have, when he was massaging, his forearms would be like bolt cutters. Right. And now he's got quite effeminate ones. Anyway, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, he said his biggest issue when he was massaging someone yeah. was when the person, when the client would be like trying to move under his hands and basically uh. get them, get him to the point. And he oh. knew, he knew where he was going, but they'd yeah. be like, just... Yeah, that would drive me nuts. Also too, somebody comes in and it's so, it's so there, just there, just there, just there. I'm going, well, I can't spend a half an hour on this one, one area because all I do is bruise you. And also it's so there because this is going on and, you know, and then, so then you have to explain, look, if you work from the outside in and if I did do that, I will just bruise you and I could just get something and stick it on you and it's not going to be too beneficial. So yeah, there's where you just kind of try to persuade them. But, but our, our people do, and, and we all do, I do it myself. They'll kind of point to the area and they'll almost really try to find the area that's really sore. And I always feel, and I have said sometimes, going, well, actually, I should be able to find that. And if I can't find it, yeah, show me. But if I can't find it, you really need to be somewhere else. You, 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 that sounds like a really polite way of telling someone, shut the fuck up and let me do my job. Enough. <laughs> 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 no, shush. I'll find it if it's there. Just shut the fuck up. Head in the hole. Pay me the money at the end and you'll be fixed. Okay. I sound Enough. awful. Well, if that's a no, let's do some protocols, Emma, for massage. So for people, Joe, I think, who don't get massages regularly, some people are freaked out by the idea of you walk in, mm -hmm. what clothes do you take off? At what point do you take your clothes off? So, Emma, the answer should be... I'll always tell them. So I do. I, well, I think I do. I probably don't now with you, but I will say to them, look, we're going to do this, this and this. If it's a new person or someone I haven't seen for a while and they tell me kind of what's up or why they're there. Then I kind of go, right, well, we're going to do this. So if you don't mind, just take your top off or just go down to your boxers. So I'll tell them that. And I always leave the room so that they can get, and I kind of will tell them, right, we're going to start your face down and do, we're going to cover you up with the sheet and, and let them do it themselves, let them sort themselves out without me standing over them. So I try, hopefully try and make that clear so they're kind of feeling safe. And then, then I'll kind of come back in. Do you know what I mean? You give it a little... I don't, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, back out. You, you, well, you've just undone the privacy thing that you just said you were going to do. Um, I, yeah, I do have a bad habit of kind of going in, but I will only open the door gently. And um, But then wintertime, you have to allow more pe people more time in wintertime. We've got layers. Of course. It does amaze me, though, when people get awkward yeah. or a bit weirded out by being asked to take your clothes off. If you've gone for a massage and then you get like... Do you know what I mean? Like, but then you're used to it. Like, if you're a sports person, no, but even if the you, communal shower has been part of your life since you were a kid. Yes, but so it's the not, idea of getting your kit off is normal, but yeah. some people... Yeah, but it's not no. a... It, you're not being surprised, massage. You've booked this massage. But you can get massage through clothes, I know, but then, then you can... But the people who aren't surprised, they kind of... It's still that whole thing, oh, I've got to take my clothes off, ooh. You know, and then they will talk and talk while they're taking their clothes off, which is why I just leave the room. Because <laughs> it actually does happen quicker if you just leave them to it and I think it's more comfortable have you got like a set um so you, you're working on whatever the issue like yeah. Tom's sciatica back or whatever but then when it's coming to the end of the 60 minutes and yeah. the last five minutes have you got like a certain right I'm going to work my way back up 
towards the head and then I'll finish off with just a little flush through with my thumbs on your neck and then you slowly just (laughs) come on the back of the neck (laughs) and then into the head and you squeeze the head and the hair a little bit more and then you just calmly just go, there you go, is that all right for you? Have you got a finishing move? I do have a finishing move, oh. which is very similar, but yours is actually nicer. I might step up my finishing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yours, yours, you added more to yours. Oh, too I, much? No, it's oh. very nice, wasn't it? Because a little bit in the head. Yeah, I don't do yeah, the head. Yeah, just the finish. So you come I up, the, do a bit in the head the, now. flush the neck, go into it, and it's just that little one that gives you little goosebumps on your shoulder, on the shoulders. Not uh, erotic nice, yeah, or anything, no, no. but just a little, oh, okay, and then relax. It may be like a thumb. That, what's the one that gives you headaches? The opti- optical... Uh, occip- occipital. Occipital muscles in your ears or something. Give them a little one, then go on the Indian head massage and then, oh, hello. That's a much nicer finish than my finish. My finish is a bit more rudimentary, isn't it? Give your neck a stretch, open up your shoulders, there you go. I like it though. Although Joe was enjoying his description so much, he actually had his eyes shut, Emma, when he was talking to us. He was quite lost in he his was, own self which is why I thought I need to step up a bit. I was just... Yeah. You self-massage? Just, you're just thinking of the finish of your massage, like, brought back happy memories. Yeah, I did. I just went back into it, like, oh, okay. Whereas I think I'll step up in future time. The next massage you get, it'll little head massage. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> Joe, we've talked about different things that can happen when you relax. One thing we haven't talked about that can happen when you relax, and you know that happens to me frequently in the time we spend together. Napping. Sleeping. Do you get any sleepers, Emma? You know, I've got a couple of people who kind of will have a little five-minute little nap. And I love sleepers because they're really relaxed. (gasps) So you can kind of do in a very professional way whatever you want to do with them. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So I love sleepers because you really can get stuck in. Or, Or... You can just have a break. <laughs> so you, you just go for a fag or a cup of coffee. Well, that would be if I knew how long they were going to sleep for. Well, you 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 just have a break in the room. I say, you weirdly yeah. just get a cup of tea sent in. Staring at them. Yeah, that is weird. Actually, don't do anything be. of what me and Thomas told you to do. Emma, you used to work with Lance Armstrong, is that right? In I did, the, yeah. In the 90s? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship? Do you know what? And it was it was actually a really good relationship. And I really enjoyed working with him. And I can't speak for him, but we seemed to get on well. Do you know what I mean? And it was, do you know what? It was great because we were in our 20s. The athletes, we ended up being the world's number one team and stuff. You're traveling around Europe, you're traveling, we're all... It, it, was, it was just fantastic. And one of the things, and I, I always say it about Lance, is he does work hard. And he kind of then brings that out in you, you know, so he brings everything up a level. And Lance was always straight. And when we were working together, he was always decent. He was always decent to me. And one of the things I loved about Lance is if you were straight with them and you didn't faff about, you'd get the same reply back. Do you know what I mean? And he always kept an eye out for me, do you know? And he really was a bit brotherly in ways, do you know what I mean? So he was decent to me. And I know he gets a lot of press that says otherwise and he's behaved otherwise. But I can only go on how people treat me, and he treated me at the time really well. Because we don't talk about it very much, Emma, do we? Because I, I always think of it as a private part of your life. But the thing, having read your book recently, oh, yeah. and also talked to you a little bit about it, the thing that strikes me is how much, for the things that he did to the sport that you love, what a lot of people were doing to the sport you love, yeah. you've got a very balanced view of that. But also, because he didn't behave brilliantly to you at certain periods, how much forgiveness you've given him as well. Like You really feel like you've moved beyond it. 
Big time, yeah, big time. I really have. And actually the thing is, and it's always what they say, forgiveness is about yourself, really. Do you know what I mean? So if you, if I hadn't forgiven him, I wouldn't be moving on. Do you know what I mean? And my life would still be caught up in all of that. And, and I think both of us forgiven each other because one of the things, and I'm not excusing his behaviour at all, I always understood where he was coming from because I was attacking his industry. I was breaking rule number one, which in cycling, you don't talk about the drugs. So for, for the listener and for me, yeah, he forgave you for what? What did he well, have to forgive you for? What I feel he had to forgive me for was I basically spat in the soup. I went out and I spoke against out against the drugs in cycling from being on the inside. So I really broke confidences and I... Always felt guilty over that. So you Even you the, spoke. Did you sorry? Did you speak out about it as soon as you found out, or no, no? I, did you I, know for a long period for a of time? long time? Yeah, and even when I got into my job, because the job I used to hold in cycling, which is where I met Lance and stuff, traditionally the Swan York, which is the massage therapist first aid, who looks after the riders, we traditionally would administer their drugs or mine their drugs, their performance enhancing drugs, the PEDs. That would be in our care. Now it's all changed. It was changing in my time. The doctors were coming in and getting more involved. So I had made a thing to myself that I was never getting involved in it because I was, wasn't going to stay in cycling forever. Lance always respected that, you know, and never really put me under pressure. He asked me to do a couple of things. But it was so endemic in cycling when I was in cycling that I was known as being the clean swanure because it was just no swanure was really, I'm not, I'm not get, saying all swanures were dirty, they weren't, but looking after, say, a big, big player like Lance and being clean was really unusual. And he fully respected that and let me, and left me in a situation to be clean. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, he was more than fair with me within that. So then when I went, spoke out against the drugs, I felt really guilty because I had betrayed confidence. I felt I also felt the confidence need betrayed because the, the sport was it, it was horrendous what it was doing to the riders. You what, know what made you then, if if you know you knew it was going on for a long period of time, what was the point at which you went? Oh, I'm gonna actually say something. Enough's enough. Was there a moment that you went? I can't do this anymore. The kind of, there's a couple of moments in a sense, is, is is when I got a bit of perspective, I was out of the sport for a couple of years and I realised that actually sometimes when you don't say anything, by you're still lying, do you know what I mean? So kind of, I, I knew all of this was going on. I could see that riders, like riders were dying, riders were kind of, it, there was a lot of depression, things like that. And I just felt, so there was a couple of moments and newspapers, journalists had always been after me from the moment I left cycling because I had this plum job and I walked out of it. And and you have begun to understand cycling, Tom, and stuff like that. Like they don't really walk away, and especially back then. Do you know what I mean? It was less of a career. You were there for life. And I walked away. So people thought that I had got pushed out because I was the clean swan you're. And was that why did I get fired? And I was like, no, I've walked away. No, you can't walk away. There must have been something. So eventually, a few years later, I then decided, well, actually, because I think I'd been chased for a few years, I kind of thought, well, maybe actually I kind of am honour bound to actually say something because I kind of feel we do need to stand up every now and then in life and just thought this must be one of those occasions. But then I still had the guilt of talking out about that kind of in your case, say your teammates or some new people you've worked with, that you have these really close bonds on the road, that a bond that you'll never get in nine to five life. And then I felt I was, I did feel I was betraying their confidence. So I understood why he attacked me so viciously. Well, I kind of probably wasn't expecting it to be quite so vicious. And when you say he attacked you, like, what do, what do you mean he came after you so viciously? He kind of had a, even even under oath, he basically said I was um, an alcoholic and a prostitute. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, so he really came out and just, and then he did it on a press conference when the Discovery Channel were um, announcing their sponsorship of the team. So he'd, it had all come out 
about his drug cheating. He so was denying it at the time. He was denying it. Mm. So there was it was unfounded. He was trying to make out the unfounded allegations. Unproven allegations. Yeah. And he turned around and said, Emma, she's full of shit. She's a prostitute yeah, and an alcoholic. Yeah, she's a Don't disgruntled ex, ex, ex-employee. We've had to get rid of her because of her behaviour, kind of. And, and you've managed to forgive him for that, have you? Yeah, I have. Because I kind of thought, and I used to almost go, he hasn't called me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> he's called me all these other things, but he's never called me a liar. Can any, nobody see that? But that's Lance's you know? strange genius, isn't it? He had a yeah. way with words. Yeah. That he would navigate a way through these yeah. labyrinthine moral questions. Exactly. He would navigate his way amazingly. So, Tom, because you, you're a cycling expert as well, and I literally have no knowledge apart from Lance Armstrong was the best cyclist in the world as I was growing up, and then it just turns out he's cheated. Doesn't mean he didn't work hard. You've already mm. mentioned that. You have to work hard still, but he doped all of his career and he was a piece of shit and bullied everyone around him. Well, you should ask Emma this question because Emma knows Lance and I don't know Lance per- personally, but... Is that a fair... Do you know what? He became... He became too big and and you'll have seen, you'll have seen, when people are really good at what they do and they're the type of thing, it's very hard for them to keep perspective and keep as a well-rounded person. They have to go a bit to the other side. And Lance went a bit to the other side. And the problem was, as Lance was getting bigger, he was surrounded by people. A really part, big part of Lance's problem, I think, was... At the start, he had some no people and then he got less and less of them and he was just surrounded by yes people. And that's not a good mix. And then uh, the director at the time, the doctor at the time, they would just, it's funny how these people found each other, the kind of Lance's doctor, his director, his manager. So there was this awful, perfect storm being formed and it just, they walked on water, you know, like when the feds started an investigation in America, that investigation got stopped at halftime. It got announced at halftime in Super Bowl so they could be put away. But basically, Lance, from what I gather, and somebody could correct, but um, he offered money to Planned Parenthood, which is a big thing in America, and then said he'd do a couple of speeches. So he was so powerful, he was making it to the White House. When Lance got caught out and everything the, everything was hitting the fan and Nike wanted to leave him and all of his sponsors were leaving him, he called up his mate Bill, who happens to be Bill Clinton, and he says, Bill, he goes, what was that agency you used over the Monica Lewinsky affair? And Bill goes, hey, man, oh, yeah, here's the, here's the name of the guy. Here's great bloke. Lance calls this bloke up in a PR agency and said, right, you obviously know what's going on a bit. Can you help me kind of recreate? The agency said no. Yeah, that like, fucked, that's mate. how this bad is too far things gone, were. Mate. Yeah. Oh. And like, look at him now. He's turned around. Do you know what I mean? Like, fair play. I don't know. What is he doing now? Well, you've met him subsequently, Emma, haven't you? Yeah. And you talk about that meeting in your book. Yeah. And that sort of strange mixture of nerves and a little bit of excitement and how familiar it was to see him again. Yeah. But the thing that really strikes me, Joan, you talked to him about this, and this sometimes gets passed over because it becomes a very black and white issue very quickly, doesn't it? Is that is your concern for the riders. Yeah. So the riders, Joe, are often the ones who get blamed because they're the ones who get caught. But your concern, Emma, was for them as young lads and human beings, wasn't it, as part of a bigger system. Yeah. And the other thing that strikes me, if I'd been Emma, Joe, I don't think I could have forgiven him. So it always strikes me as an unbelievable part of your personality, Emma, that you could take what he threw at you and then just let it go. Yeah, but it it really does go back to the bit. I could understand where he was coming from. And and the thing is, too, and I'm sure you've seen in sports, and, and it's what annoys me about, say, drugs and sports and all that, 
you know you'll train really hard and you'll do anything to win. But in the cyclist case, and which in rugby, in any sport, the governing bodies should be looking after the athletes because the athletes can't look after themselves because they're just too focused on winning. They've made all these life sacrifices and they want to keep moving up. In ways, an athlete's really emotionally well-developed, but in other ways, they're really emotionally underdeveloped. Does that sound familiar, Jen? (laughs) What do you think, Tom? (laughs) No, but the system in cycling, the doctors weren't protecting the riders, the governing body wasn't protecting the riders, they were putting them into this, uh, this whole culture of just, yeah, dudes and keep the speeds up and the races are looking great. Whereas they should be protecting these young lads because these young lads are away from home. They're off on the road. They're not going home. Like I'm sure you've seen it when you've been on the road for a long time. It's not a place to make good decisions. And these are young fellas under a lot of pressure and they're getting their asses kicked, handed to them every single day, going back to a hotel room. And then the doctor's coming in going, well, look, at I can just, this would help you. I went, okay, well, I'll come in tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I always see the athletes as almost the street level druggies. And the kind of big cartels are the organizations. So you need to get the organizations, instead of picking on the, the easy, the low-hanging fruit, well, why not go after the ones who are putting them in that situation? So I actually don't have a problem with the athletes of the time doing a program, like doing a, a performance-enhancing drugs program, because they were in a difficult situation. So I can understand why they all did it. I would, I would probably be devil's advocate in that and say, but there's still always a choice. There's all, and still, I agree that, with you. That's still the... I agree. We're in, we, we'd spoken about what we put in our bodies and it's yeah. like, well, I didn't know that that was in that drink. Yeah. You know, I was just giving it to it. And it's like, but it's still your career, yeah. it's still your choice to know and, what you're doing and what you are putting in your body. And I fully agree with you. The culture has changed. Society has changed. This was as things were changing. And this culturally, cycling has always been dirty. The way in which you've spoken today... Emma, I feel like I'm going to get a 71-pound flight back up to Manchester and come all the way to Nutsford. Where's your clinic? In Hale, in Hale in South Manchester, near Nutsford. What's it called? The Body Clinic. To the point. And you're going to add in that little finisher move that I've given you I'm going to add in that finisher move. So next time you're up, come and see if I've perfected the finishing move. Nice. I'm going to come to the Body Clinic, 71-pound flight. Or a 300-pound train. <laughs> Not sure which one I'm <laughs> going to go for. Um, and what? And you, what's your book? You, have you read Emma's book? What's yeah, his I have. book? Emma's book is excellent. And I, it was slightly weird because I got to know Emma very well beforehand and mm-hmm. then read the book and it filled in quite a lot of gaps. I did it. Yeah. It's always been embarrassing someone reading a book about, it's not just about me, but there is a lot of me obviously in it. Do you know, someone you know and you kind of whose opinion you'd respect and want it to be good. Are you talking about Tom? Yeah, I know. What's your book called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Race to Truth. I wanted to call it The Lost Decade, but I wasn't allowed. It was too negative. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you. Thanks both of you for having me. It's been fun. So oh, nice. Brilliant. Thanks, Emma. See you next Thursday at one o'clock. I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> Okay, Joe, if you'd like to um, just take your top off, I'll be back in a minute with the hot oils. Why has your voice gone like that then? It's, I've decided this is my massage voice. Really? Is it the wrong voice? I'd say so. Watch, hang on, let me try again. <clears throat> okay, Joe, uh, just pop your top off. Um, I'll be back with the hot oils in a moment. See you shortly. Definitely fucking not letting you touch me with that voice. All right, let's try another one. Get on, mate. Put your top off. I've got the hot oils in the room next door. Does it? I'm oh, coming back it. in. I'll sort you right out, all right? <laughs> The only way I'd let someone rub me with that voice 
as if that person was Ben Durs. Okay, I'll ask him. Okay, so uh, I feel like a rub, if I'm honest. After that, Emma was... Her voice was actually perfect, which is strange because that shouldn't really be a thing for sports massage or the stuff she does, but she's just got a lovely voice. The Lance Armstrong stuff, mental. Big time. I just... Fair play to her. She was wonderful. And I don't like getting jealous because I think jealousy is a really bad trait and it only eats you up from the inside. I agree, Joe. So envy, even though, is that the same? Pretty much. Okay. I just respect the fact that you're able to see her on a regular basis and allow her to do things to you that I would like her to do to me. That sounds a bit weird. I'd rephrase that. <laughs> I big up, big ups to you. <laughs> <laughs> big respecter to you to be able to call on Emma for sorting out all your sporting ailments. I wish she lived in Heathfield. Can she live in Heathfield? Can you ask her to move to I'll Heathfield? I'll drop her a text, Joe. Thank you. Joe, I'm going to say goodbye to you because you started making a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling? I think it's Steve, the pallet guy. It's quite an emergency. He's dropping off a pallet. Is he definitely Steve? I'm not going to risk it because it might be Alan. Just go for him, mate. Alan, mate. Sorry about that. Are they shut? Uh, the code is... Legend. Have a good day. Cheers, mate. Still didn't get his name. Are you going to change the code before this episode comes out? No, I'm just going to ask Ryan to take the gate code out, please. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. Fuck's sake. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Podcast Network.